it's JT, and I'm excited because I've just booked my flights and I'm coming to a city near you. I will be in Poland and Germany in July. Then I'll be in the UK and Scotland in August. Then I'll be making the trip over to the United States and Canada for September. If you would like a Bulletproof for BJJ seminar, contact us. Email jt at bulletproofforbjj.com and book your seminar today. Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. I am JT. Hi guys, I'm Joey. And today we will be discussing entering your first comp, what you can expect. Because a lot of people out there, they say, no, 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 I'm not a competitor. I don't want to go there. And I think there's a lot of fear involved. And really, if you've never competed, no matter what your belt, whether you've just come to jiu-jitsu, you're a fresh white belt, or you're a purple belt who's been putting it off for for years... (laughs) I believe that, Joe, we are in consensus when we say you should compete. Yeah. Your coach also understands that you don't want to compete. They say, man, I totally get it. I totally get it. So when are you signing up for the comp? (laughs) (laughs) It's brutal. It's tough, isn't it? It's unrelenting. I get nervous just thinking about talking about competing. (laughs) Like, to be completely honest. Yeah. Look, I think we do, all of us as humans put pressure on ourselves. But let's bring some clarity to the mysticism of a comp. Like, let's actually break it down for you today. That's what I want to do because I actually, uh, my sister, who doesn't do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu but did do Taekwondo many moons ago, came to her first Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu comp to help me out um, at a Jugo stall. And she's like, wow, this is going on. And she got really fascinated by the whole thing and had all these questions. I'm like, go away. (laughs) just go watch the comp and find out for yourself. But she's like, I'm an outsider. I don't get like, why is that person doing that? And why is that going on? And, and she said, because she's got friends who are interested in jujitsu. That looks like missionary. Yeah. What? (laughs) Why is that guy humping that guy's leg? (laughs) Um, What can I tell them? And she said, please, can you provide some clarity around what could a person expect? They've never done a comp. Let's talk about the necessary factors you need to nail. And everything aside in terms of their challenging and their heart, we do see them as essential yes. within the jiu-jitsu journey, aren't they? Yeah, it's they, learning. It's, yeah. a, it's a huge learning thing, guys. And that's why I would spruik it and push it, not because I think everybody has to try and be a world champion, but at the heart of jiu-jitsu is learning. And nothing will really give you uh, clear feedback, more so than a comp. Yeah, kind of like jiu-jitsu is a bit of an analogy for seeking challenge in your day-to-day life, particularly for those of us who are living lives with, that are a bit devoid of challenge, Yeah, uh, at least in the physical and kind of ego sort of way. We have plenty of other challenges, financial and health <laughs> sure. and whatnot. But if we see jiu-jitsu training as that, and I think everyone can agree, yeah, it does that, you know, mm. and that, that helps to develop you as an individual. Competition is like another level or two of that where it's like heightened challenge, heightened stress. Mm. Vol- you voluntarily going into the fire in order to come out and go, wow, that's made me a stronger character. And you learn more about yourself and it also 
removes kind of mysticism like what is it it's so scary you do it you go oh actually well that was really intense but i survived it's fine and maybe you did better than you expected that's another amazing thing that can come from it which will strengthen your self-belief but let's start like i feel the first thing we need to talk about is making weight because (laughs) this is something which is different to some other sports really with brazilian jiu-jitsu you're weighing in on the day so you may have heard all kinds of crazy stories about, you know, MMA, people cutting weight and sweating out kilos and all this stuff. They weigh in the day before. You're coming to a comp. You'll weigh in probably only minutes before, if not maybe only you know, an hour before you get on the mat. So if you're severely dehydrated, your performance is going to suffer. So my general advice relevant to, oh, what weight category should I go in? It's important for you to work out either you keep your weight closer to what you're prepared to compete at or you just pick the category that that's your weight you know like don't yeah. don't try and do go some into your weight category yeah don't try and game the system no no no, no. I, I i've seen some disasters with that yeah and you hear maybe more advanced students at your gym most gyms will have like those couple of people that compete all the time been in the game for a while or Maybe it's that 20-year-old blue belt that's just a fucking savage and lives <laughs> for competition. And, you know, maybe those individuals do some shit around weight cutting. Oh, yeah. man, you know, I just eat salad sandwiches for two weeks before yeah. I get as light as I can. And, and it's very easy to be influenced by that. And yeah. I've had coaches in the past kind of, you know, give me advice and, and try and just almost just kind of uh, promote the idea of weight of cutting going down because yeah. you're stronger. I did it myself. For a, I remember doing fuckloads of cardio yes. and restricting what I was eating. Yep. And I got into the lower weight division. It was before the Asian Championships at Blue Belt, and I got absolutely destroyed. Um, oh no! Yeah, I got totally wrecked. I think I told you about that one. Guy threw me on my head twice. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Point of the story is, it didn't change my performance, and actually, it detracted from my whole performance because I was so stressed out about the comp compounded with the stress of not being able to eat in a comfortable manner Mm. that leading up to it was just really taxing on me. Whereas other comps in the past, I just choose the division that suits where I'm at. You can eat a normal diet and and food is a huge way to provide comfort. Yes. As we know. So if you're like kind of in starvation mode and trying to deal with the stress competition, it's compounded too much. Yep. So keep it easy. Shout out to Justin Cash, our boy from New Jersey. Yes. Just got his blue belt, I Respect. think, at the end of last year. Yep. He asked the other day, he's like, bro, competition coming up. It's in like two weeks. What do I do? Do I like go easy on the food? And, and he's like, my first blue belt comp. And I was like, bro, eat what you want and fucking compete at the and division. he's a at. strong guy. And he was like, thank you, man. That's taking so much <laughs> pressure off my mind. And then he sent a photo of like some... Uh, fried chicken wings and ice cream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, that is that is a great way to go about it. My guy. And look, I'm going to talk about two disaster stories relevant to the weight cut. Because here's things that can happen, guys. If you're going to your local tournament, your local area, it could be IBJJF. Maybe it's just like a local gym's having a tourney or it's a grappling industries, whatever it is. The scale may be off. <laughs> <laughs> so a female student of they mine- they got those Brazilian scales. Mate, just- Think of the worst bathroom scale, not even digital. Think of those bathroom scales with the sliding orange needle, like uh, yeah. analog. Yeah. And it's so old that it has divots where a larger human than you have been standing on it, right? Like your grandma's bathroom scales. Female student of mine from Victoria, won't name her. Anyway, cut three kilos. She's already a very light human. 
we get to the comp, worst set of scales, steps on them, and she it weighs her as six kilos under the weight. Oh. Because it was so busted. Oh. Like, if she hadn't cut, she would have made the weight. But that's just because it wasn't professional. She performed quite well, but she was tired. She had no carbohydrate in the system. She was dehydrated, all of that crap, right? Then, another student of mine, white belt, trying to avoid the heavyweights. He's an older guy. He's like masters too, whatever. But he's like, man, I don't want to get stuck under some, you know, like I'm only doing my weight category. You know, I'll, 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 and he was very conscientious. He, he took time. He brought the weight down. And then I don't know what happened, but then it just turned out the day before he was two kilos over. So he had to, he's like, what do I do? And I'm like, all right, gonna have to sweat a little bit here. You know, and it wasn't dramatic, but it compounded that stress of comp. Yeah. Because he had that in his head. He's very conscientious. He gets there the next day. Two, one guy from his categories pulled out. Someone else has pulled out. They merged three categories. He's fighting heavyweights anyway. It doesn't matter anyway. It doesn't matter. So it's just like- All this work. All this hard work and stress we put on ourselves, guys. Understand if it's your first tournament and, you you know- Even if you compete regularly. It can happen. I would still advise, don't fuck around with cutting weight. Like No, unless it's weighing the day before and it's like Abu Dhabi Pro or it's an international competition where your chances of of winning are significantly higher and maybe you've had some practice- for your first comp, do not do that. Yeah. And the other caveat to that is, particularly if you listen to the comp that I did uh, last year at Brown Belt, I dropped weight in the lead up to that competition. And that I did. I started doing that three months before the comp. Yeah, it was very methodical. Yeah. So it was, I wasn't starving myself. I just had a structured eating plan that I was following. And so by the time I got to a couple of weeks before comp, I was comfortably sitting at a weight. That's great. Like if you want to do it like that, it's, it, that's a great way to do it. But this radical extreme weight cut the you know the week before is not good do not the next thing is bracket timing so depending on what tournament I have you a schedule yeah. i thought it was just some guy deciding what they wanted to do or whatever so time. some random dude picks up the mic joel Woodington. yeah yeah <laughs> mitchell yeah. Uh, but that's the thing like essentially good to know when you're on but also know it could be an hour late i mean you don't want to be late but also don't be like, I'm definitely on at 11.30. Because invariably, every Mom, time- Dad, make sure you're there at 11.30. Be there with the camera, okay? <laughs> every tournament I've been to, including Worlds, you know, and Worlds is like the IBJJF World Championship is very regimented. Gold standard. If you're not there, they just scratch you. Right. Like they're running a schedule. They're trying to get it done. They're very efficient. Do they run late? They can. Yeah. And, you, you know, there's a lot of time spent waiting around. So important for you, be there on time, but don't like get psyched up and warm up and do your big G up to be warmed up on time for the bracket. Go and talk to the marshal for the mat. Like that's an important thing. Let them know, hey, I'm here. Don't scratch me. Yeah, Matt Four, I'm your guy. This is who I am. Uh, and just let me know. And oh, that guy's not even here, bro. Don't warm up. You know, like yeah. generally the, the marshals are cool. Sometimes the marshals, the ref, hopefully not for yeah. you. But basically- Know where you should be at the right time, but don't psych yourself out because also you might wait five hours. Yeah, it can be fucking ages. You get there at 10 o'clock in the morning and then you're not on until after lunch. Yeah, that's exactly right. You got, and you got to manage like your mental 
energy and also your physical energy. So like getting all worked up and then having to simmer down and then try and get worked up again. It's, it, it's taxing. It's exhausting. Yeah. So that's a really good piece of advice is to like connect with the officials and be like, man, I'm here. I'm here. If you need yeah. me, I'll just be there. And like, yeah. you know, like that way you hopefully get the nod when it's like, Hey, you're up next or you got one more match and then you're on. So you're like, okay, I got like five or 10 minutes to start my warm up now. Definitely. And look, if, Fingers crossed your coach will be there. Sometimes you're there solo, you know, if it works out that way. So then you've got to kind of keep your finger on the pulse. But the great thing is if you have a coach and they're there, they'll usually go into bat for you in that respect. They'll have a check and they'll, they'll let you know, okay, it's time to warm up. We've got one more match or two more matches, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, and having that routine. Just further point to that, it does help to have some basic Portuguese. <laughs> true. <laughs> or true. to be able to decipher Portuguese English yeah, because you're going to get what did the guy just say to me you know you need to be able to read between the lines true and look dad said we're very lucky here in Australia to have a large Brazilian population so we have lots of great jiu-jitsu teachers but then we have lots of just Aussie guys who coach but there is some terminology that is good to know so whether or not your coach is of Brazilian origin or not uh, it's good to do a bit of research before you hit the mats on certain terminology but uh, the next thing that comes into the timing factor is nutrition on the day because I've seen, I've seen some disasters on the mat. Oh, yeah? Oh. People well, going in with a full stomach? More than a full stomach. Smoothies? Two, 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 two cases. Uh, let's, let's talk what's helpful and then let's talk entertainment. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, yeah, we have touched on this in the past. For me, I don't like to eat a lot. I'm usually, you know, kind of nervous on the day, so appetite's not high. Keep it lighter. Yeah. As far as back as I can remember, I've never competed earlier than like 10.30 a.m. It's always been then or onwards, and it's usually later. So I'll get up my normal time, whatever that is, 7 a.m., and I'll, I'll kind of force into my regular breakfast and then take plenty of snacks, and I'll just sort of eat the snacks throughout the day, even though I might not want them. Snacks, water, some hydrolyte, that's my go-to. Yeah, I agreed. And look, I'm probably a little bit more carbohydrate heavy in the morning i try not to have too much protein and i prefer to be probably on the emptier side until i know so if you're doing more than one category so this is another option you might think oh yeah i'm keen i'll do my weight category in gi and no gi and usually if the competition is well organized they'll have them apart but i've also seen it where a guy has just finished fighting his like last gi match and it's like hey bro they're calling you over on mat two for no gi, and you're like, what? <laughs> but generally, if it's well organized, that won't be the case. But what that may mean is that you have a, a decent break, like a, an hour or maybe three hours between when your first category finishes and your second category starts. Mm -hmm. And it's good to have some decent nutrition on you. And that's where I would say it's good to have some little snacks in between, like, you know, muesli bar or whatever it might Banana. be. Banana. Dates. A few lollies, dates, nuts. But then maybe for me, what I love is a like a nut butter type sandwich. Now, I know Joe doesn't love the nut butter. But yeah, like a, something which is not heavy. I'm not having beef brisket for lunch, even though that's like one of my favorite meals of all time. But, uh, you know, something which is digestible inside of two hours keeps me going. So I know I'm going to have energy for the rest of the day. Mm. I think that's, that's a key thing to factor in that you need to take a bit of a like a food pack. Don't just go yeah. with one Gatorade and, you know, and just think it's like a training session because this is the truth, guys. It's an all-day thing. Yeah. Even though the matches are short, it's a, it's a full-day event. 
I remember at the last comp feeding um, the really, really savage blue belt, new blue belt at Alliance with the kind of long hair, Tobias. Tobias, Toby, yeah, Toby, yeah, 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 yeah. Animal. And he's just such a nice guy. And he was there at the comp and I, I'd brought a bunch of snacks. And it was the end of the day and he'd done two divisions. I think yep. he won one and he had a bunch of heavy matches. And uh, I was like, is anyone hungry? And like, I, I was trying to get rid of my shit because I was about to leave. Yeah. And uh, I had, you know, more stuff than I needed, which is a great tip. And uh, he's like, oh man, I haven't eaten. Yeah, can I have that? Can I have that? And but he was just like taking whatever <laughs> I'd give him. It. Yeah, like, please, man, I haven't eaten. And that's the reality. Don't leave it to on your way to the comp to pick stuff up. No. Go the day before, go to the supermarket, grab a bunch of things, have it ready to go the next day because it's going to be a busy morning. You're probably not going to be running. You're probably going to be running late. And you just don't want to have the stress of thinking about snacks and shit. You want to have that stuff taken care of. Yeah. And you can't depend on the venue having food. Absolutely. Because not. if, if it, depending on the day, Saturday, Sunday, whenever you're doing it, if it's at like a basketball stadium or a leisure center, sometimes the canteen is shut. Yeah. You're like, Oh, I thought I could get a drink here. Uh, no, you can't. What do you, what do you do now? So being prepared guys, that's a really important thing. Because, okay, so I'm going to speak to nutrition disasters. Mm. Two, a good friend of mine, I won't name him. If you know me, you know who this guy is. I think it was at possibly at Purple Belt. There's footage of this. He's rolling quite hard. He's wearing a white gi, performs a very large kind of bridge and roll sweep. The f- camera footage is behind him, and you can see a spreading brown patch occurring. Oh across the back of the pants. Oh, God. The rolling is continuing and the pants are getting darker. Oh. And a critical point. <laughs> critical point, the, the opponent's like, oh, what? And the referee's like, oh, man, like, dude. That's not cool. No, we got to stop this. And I, I, can't, I can't remember, I don't want to say wrongly, I don't think there was a DQ, but like the match had to be stopped. I can't remember the result. I just remember that footage. And oh, like, wow. God. You know, make sure before you get on that mat, you're, you know. You've gone you, to the toilet. You've had your nervous moments <laughs> somewhere else. Oh. And then another one, which is quite funny, which actually did get DQ'd. A guy was getting triangled. The footage is quite clear. The guy finished eating a banana and something just before he gets on the mat. He has a full stomach. Now, I'm not saying if you didn't have a full stomach, this wouldn't happen. He gets triangled really quickly, but the guy who's triangling him farts and he gags and he's like, no, stop, stop. And he has to run off and just spews up everything he just ate. Oh, the fart triggered it. And he gets DQ'd because he ran off the mat. Yeah. And and yeah, he lucky there's a bin nearby. He just literally, everything he just ate comes straight back up with everything else. Oh, that's fucked. It's brutal. And so what I'd advise to you is, and, and we've spoke, we've touched on this before, so we won't go too hard into it. You want to give yourself at least 45 minutes between when you eat something to when you're up, even an hour maybe. Yeah. So if you get to the stadium where you're competing and you've only got half an hour to your bracket, probably best to just stay hydrated. Don't, don't eat anything significant. If you really only have a short period of time, like maybe a bite of a banana or, sure. you know, just something to, to kind of take that edge off the appetite. But yeah, you don't want to be stuffing like food mass into your gut at that stage no not at all now the other thing which you know i guess it's something that gets talked about a bit but people don't really talk about the practicalities of how this affects us which is our mindset coming into competition because i believe part of the reason why people don't compete or people hold off is like oh i'm not ready oh what if i fail like there's a lot of psychological aspects 
And like you were saying, Joe, uh, even if you say to your coach, oh, I'm not a competitor, coach is like, there's a tournament in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, we're all going. You're coming, right? Yeah, we'll see you there, right? <laughs> it's the just f- before the grading. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the form. Yeah. Um, Don't be a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the mindset is, is a definite thing and managing your mindset on the day, that, that's, a, that's quite a challenge because some moments you can feel like, okay, I'm warm, I'm loose, I'm good. And then your, your friend comes over to you and goes, I've seen your opponent. They're huge. <laughs> I don't even know how they made your weight. And you're like, shut up. <laughs> Stop talking. He's kicking the pillar and the platform <laughs> is falling down. <laughs> Tom Poe has started jujitsu. Yeah. Talk to me about the mindset thing. I'm nervous at every comp. I, it's just a given. It's just how my body prepares for competition. But who could know? Joe the right? natural. Uh, part of, my sh- part of what I do is go, exterior. You know, I go down and smile, high five everyone, particularly who I'm going to compete with. Like I'm always like broing out. But everyone's different. And the thing to bring yourself back to is that your body and your mind, your nervous system essentially has a way of preparing you for, for stressful challenges. And that is for you to feel nervous. It is just your body's way of preparing. So it's really important to like accept those feelings and then like check in with them and go, all right, this is a part of competition. This is what my body does to an interesting thing that I learned some time ago. I remember speaking with a gentleman by the name of Craig Weller, who was a, uh, he was a mercenary. Um, he was a military guy from the U S had become like a, you know, private security. Yeah, private security kind of dude. He was in Iraq at the time. Will And I, I had a chat with him, strange occurrence uh, over the internet. It was before zoom existed. So it must've been Skype. And I asked him about people getting nervous before, before competing and before combat. And he said to me, it's really important to realize is that every single person, even the most hardened warriors will get nervous before a combat situation. And he said, there perhaps was once a time when there was a proportion of the population that didn't get nervous. But he said, though that line of our DNA has been weeded out because all of those people ran head on into spears. Wow. Or or a broadsword. He's like, so everyone that's left now comes from this lineage of, yeah, you get nervous. It's a protectionist thing. I thought that was very fascinating. And I actually like to remember that when you go into comp, you're like, no, this is how I'm supposed to feel. And I know that everyone else here feels like that. And you can look at the higher belts. They feel like that. You know, and you can think to yourself, well, look at all the people that didn't compete. Look mm. at my friends who I train with who aren't doing this comp again. Yeah. And you're like, well, that automatically puts you, I, I believe, at a just, you've gone and done something that's Courage. hard. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, in a way, and this is not speaking to the, the extreme competitors who are listening to this, but for the general jiu-jitsu practitioners, like, I'm just doing comp to get, make me a bit better and I know it's good for me and my coach wants me to and all having that. Having a crack. Yeah, you're just having a crack. You're doing it. And that is, that's the win. You know, yes. so let the nerves be, but know that it's a part of it and then just fucking go with it. The interesting thing to me is say a guy like Keenan Cornelius, uh, for those of you who are not across Keenan, just Google him. He has competed. His name sounds fake. It does. It doesn't sound it real. It sounds, sounds like, like a cartoon character. Yeah. He sounds like <laughs> a, a captain from a, like a, you know, I'm captain Keenan Cornelius, <laughs> but legitimately possibly one of the best ever American competitors where, you know, at blue belt, purple belt, brown belt, you know, the only thing he hasn't won at black is a world title, but he's been on the podium. And this guy competes more than anyone. He has said that even when he was the favorite and everyone was scared against him, he would be vomiting in the toilet before he would go out based on how nervous he was, even though that guy wow. trains flat out and he's 
he's just one of the best competitors going around. Yeah. And I've never been on that level of nerves because I'm a little bit – I'm a bit of a hype beast. You kind of go the other way, but I, don't you? I want to G up. But once I've hit my first roll, I don't – you know, I find that if you can get past the first round, that gives you a certain level of release and adrenaline. It doesn't mean you're going to win your next match. That kind of evens out. Yeah. And as long as you can manage that going forward, you're pretty good. And getting a win is kind of like, cool, we're good. Yeah. Even if I lose now, I, it wasn't a total failure. Yeah. And, and there's that first match for most of you out there is super intense. If you've never been on the mats, you're like, oh my God, like, you know, am I going to get choked out? Or, you know, like your f- friends and family are there, you know, and this is something you kind of, we were speaking about this beforehand. Anyone who's not competing, if you know them, they're from your gym or just say it's just some random person comes up, oh, good luck today. But then they want to give you their two cents. Yeah. And everybody is coaching you like, look, man, I try not to look your opponent in the eye. Other person's like, stare him in the eye till they look away. You know, like it's- Bro, you got to blitz him. When the round starts, <laughs> blitz, go, go, blitz, get the blitz, first blitz. points. Yeah. You know, and I, I got a theory on that. There's people, like everyone wants to help and people love to be, you know, supportive and that whole thing. But there's always a lot of people at the comp, right? Not competing. Who are not competing. And because they're not competing, their own vulnerabilities are being kind of uh, like exposed. And so the way of dealing with that for them is to come up to the competitors and like get him, oh man, you did awesome. I love that. Like, yeah, you know, like just be a part of it. Because secretly every jiu-jitsu practitioner, and I can say this, you know, since I've been a, haven't competed, I competed once at Brown Belt, I haven't competed at Black. If I'm at a comp, there's a part of me that's like, fuck, I should be out there. Yeah. I should be doing that. Oh, there's, there's my friend. Oh, there's someone. Oh, he's competing. Oh, that, oh look, she's doing the comp. Yeah. Fuck, I should do the comp. So like this wanting to impart and help. Get involved. Yeah, is, it comes from a good place, but it's also some of their own shit that's getting projected onto <laughs> you. If you're new to the game, you can be hearing all this and you're like, oh, I got to blitz him. Oh, I got to fucking shoot a double leg, even though I don't even do double <laughs> legs. legs. You know, like you, you think that you have to embody all of, or take all this yeah. information on board. And uh, it's just important to recognize that, no, you're good. Like yeah. you've, you've done, like listen to your coach, listen to your close teammates, but you've done the work. Yeah. Now it's about just getting out there and having fun and, and doing your best. That's right. And it's distraction. I generally will have my earphones in, blasting way too loud, giving myself industrial deafness because I don't want external inputs at that time. Like it, I guess I was quite practiced before I came to jujitsu because I had 10 years of competing in Taekwondo and I don't want to talk to my opponents even. I don't want anything of them to have anything to do with me until we're kicking the hell out of each other or jujitsu, strangling each other because I really want to be in my own head. This is me strategically. Everyone's different. I want to be at my peak level of ready to go and knowing what I need to do and I don't want anything else in that zone. That's me. I know, you know, Joe's different. He, you know, he wants to have a chat. He wants to psych out. He wants to shake hands. You know, like feel their grip strength, make them feel how strong his hand is. Bro, you seen this video of me on the rings? Check this shit out. <laughs> hug, hug them, <laughs> hug them so they can feel how thick his lats are. And he's like, "Wow, this guy's imposing." That is so not me. I <laughs> see. <laughs> so just get the arm around the side, squeeze their trap a little bit, and be like, "Oh, there's not much there." I'm the guy that going into comp. I'm like, I'm probably going to lose all this match. Bullshit. I, I, I don't am. believe. I don't. I'm probably going to lose it, but uh, but there's a part of me that once we get in there, I just do my best. No, no, no. But I, I don't. This is true. I think Joe is. 
This is a false tale. I, I think Joe believes in any situation he can make the best of it and he's going to come out on top. Yes, yes, I, di- I don't disagree, but making the best of it is not always winning for me. And I'm usually, and this is just to be completely transparent with our listeners, there was periods at Blue and Purple Belt where I prepared very specifically for competitions. Right. So when I got to those comps, I'm like, I'm going to fucking, I don't know if I'm going to win this, yep. but I'm going to make it real hard for my opponents and sure. I'm going to fucking get to the podium. However, for the last many years, I just go to comps. I'm like, I train a few times a week. Like, sure. I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. You know, uh, so I don't go in thinking I'm going to win. Well, but the I win is being there. No, fuck that. My competitive <laughs> mindset is I'm coming to wreck everyone's day. If you showed up, you fucked up. I'm here to fucking take arms and break hearts. And if you're not scared of me, you're in big trouble. If you don't know me, if you've never seen my face before, you don't know my rep, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you remember. Like that is my intensity, that is my mindset. But this comes from years and years of lots of things, guys. So everybody's different. Like some people- Well, if I took that approach, no. I would, but, but I wouldn't be able to compete because I don't train enough to equal that. Okay, sure. You but, know, but it's got to match where you're at. But let's think this because I have witnessed feats of amazing like chillness and then extraordinary jujitsu. Two cases in point. Uh, my old coach, Dan Cherubin, shout out DC Jiu-Jitsu down in uh, South Geelong. Hello, fam. Y'all, he was just chilling, <laughs> listening to like probably reggae or surf music because he's a real chill guy. Like kind of catching a nap and just kind of listening to music and wasn't really warmed up. It'd been a long day, you know, it was black belt, absolute finals. It's like 6 p.m., pan packs, 7 p.m., it's a long day. And then someone goes, oh, Dan, Dan, you're up. Someone goes and you know, like shakes him and... He just takes his earphones off and they're like, oh, Dan, he's, you're going up against Big Mick, who's also a good friend of mine. Shout out Big Mick. Oh, what are you going to do? And Dan's like, I'm just going to do jiu-jitsu, man. <laughs> and just, just went out there and <laughs> like actually like did some amazing jiu-jitsu. It just didn't, didn't even – I mean, obviously he'd been, tra- he'd been competing all day, but he just, just – he trusted himself. Yeah. And then also Marcelo Garcia. The last year Marcelo Garcia competed at Worlds, I think it was 2012. I could be wrong. You can fact check that. He was asleep next to the barrier. So it's finals day, right? At Worlds, they reduce it to two mats. And there's a Marcelo Garcia, like big announcement. Everybody's watching. He was literally keeping next to the barrier. Fabio Gugel had to lean over, bang on the like barrier. Oh, Marcelo, like Marcelino, bam, bam, bam. And he was just like, oh, what? Runs on the mat, wins six or eight nil against Lucas Leach. Like pulls guard, sweeps him, just blitzes him. Game over. He's just fifth world championship or whatever. Like <laughs> of just sleeping, right? Now that guy is one of the greatest of all time. But if you understand yourself and you know you're more of a chill person, don't try and do what I do. In the same way, like, you know. Yeah, you've got to be who you are. You've got to understand yourself. So ingesting enough caffeine to like give you a heart attack will not help your performance at all. If you're more on the chill side, like learn that and learn how that integrates with comp because it's very different for everyone. And, you know, I've spent a long time working on what I do, so I know it works for me. Yeah. But then that comes to this other thing, which is if you're listening to this and you've never competed in a jiu-jitsu comp, Joe and I both want to encourage you to get amongst it. But, and this may not be your reason for not competing, but essentially, whether you train full-time or you just train twice a week or whatever you do, I feel that the fear of failure is what's holding people back from entering their first comp. Would you agree with that, Joe? I would. 
And so... Yeah, we all have it. Yeah, of course, of course. And truth be told, when you've never done something before, you can't realistically expect to do a great job. But that said, there's a lot of unknowns. You may very well surprise yourself. In every exchange in jiu-jitsu, one person has to lose. It's just the odds. 50%, someone's going to lose. It might be really close. It might be, you know, a one-sided flogging. Someone will lose, someone will win. There's far more value in the loss because what I have seen, which is very interesting, a grappling industries competition series, it's worldwide. You've probably heard of it. They have a round robin effect, which is great because for the longest time, the kind of international uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Federation, if you paid your money, you lost first round, you were done. Yeah. That was your day unless you entered multiple categories. So that kind of sucks. Like you pay your 70 bucks or whatever it is and then you lose and that's it. Yeah. But what's great with grappling it, and I'm not saying this to promote them. I'm just saying as an experience, as a referee and a coach, I've seen someone in that round robin format lose their first match. Like, mm, and then like learn from it, come back and win the next two. Yeah, right. Because on. if there's only two people in the category, they get them to fight best of three. Wow. And so I don't think losing a match necessarily means that your jiu-jitsu is that much worse. Maybe you just weren't like awake enough or whatever it is. So yeah. I, I think if you can enter a tournament where there is a round-robin element that you know guaranteed you'll get more than one match, it's accruing the experience. And, and putting it off for fear of failure guarantees failure long-term because in the gym you're going to roll a competitor and guaranteed – they're going to kick your ass. We all know that difference between somebody who's always competing. You see them all the time. And I personally feel, and this was actually told to me by someone better than me, that competition speeds up learning because you learn your weak points, you learn what works, what doesn't. And that just, it's in the name of learning, not even in the name of being a champion, does it really help you? And then if you want to get better at jiu-jitsu, Obviously, there's always some awkwardness and things we have to overcome. But if you could have the courage to walk into an academy or an MMA gym and do jiu-jitsu, the step to take to go to competition, even though it feels like a big step, isn't as big as it seems. And you shouldn't be so scared. 100%. The fear of failure is built in for all of us. And I guess you got to try and think when you, when you feel that, and you're like, oh, but, but what if it's like, well, try to articulate what the actual problem is there. And when you boil it down, it's like, well, I might lose. And then you look at, well, someone has to lose. It's like, you know, two people fighting and one person's going to win, one's going to lose. You're like, oh, okay, so someone, someone's got to lose. So it's no big deal to lose no. versus I never expose myself to that kind of challenge. I don't have to deal with the emotions. Dealing with the emotions is probably where the, what the greatest strength is, isn't it, mm. in competing? So, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's really natural to feel that way, but no one gives a shit. No, no one remembers your first comp at white belt. Or no, they don't. You'll project your feelings about it onto things that other people say. You know, your, your coach might say to you, hey, man, we've got to work on your clothes guard. I saw in that competition, well, you know, and you'll be like, oh, coach thinks my guard sucks. Yeah. But no, they just saw that objectively you weren't doing something that you normally do quite well and they want you to work on it, you know. So it's just, it's just feedback and it's just like – Keep it cool. It's a really good experience to have. And you will look back on the experiences very fondly. Yes. I think now, you know, having, um, having had years of not a huge amount of competition experience, but a long time. So there's been quite a bit spread out. 
it's cool to have relationships with a lot of the people I've competed against. Yeah. You know, we've got Kel comes into the exactly. gym. I used to, com- we used like, to compete against him. Yeah, he fucking choked me out that time. Like that, right. yeah. between friends, that's a very interesting, like it's a kind of cool thing to have. Dynamic, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it, it, is a, it is a fun way to enrich your experience of jiu-jitsu and then like, you know, like we've been pointing out, speed up your development. And in truth, some of the people who've been my fiercest rivals are now some of my closest friends. Like we understand, we understand a cultural uh, experience that no one else does. And the fact that we work so hard against each other, no one really knows what that's like. So even though now we are not necessarily competitors, we just, we have a thing in common no one else does. So that really does make us closer than a lot of people. It doesn't mean you become best friends with your rivals, but I think over time you see the same people and it becomes more social over time. Oh, yeah. And so I think it, it's actually a great coming together of the community when you go to a comp. Absolutely. So I think to get deeper in the jiu-jitsu community, you should compete. Do it. Do it. Guys, if you want to get your question featured on the show, go to the website, bulletproofofbjj.com and then click podcast, leave us a voicemail, ask us any question about your strength, your mobility, or even your jiu-jitsu journey. We'll feature it on the show and we'll, we'll answer the question. Really cool way for us to share what really are some common sort of thoughts or things that people want to know amongst the community. So go to the website, do that. Just to call out to our Academy subscribers, we love you guys. There's too many to mention, but there's a bunch of awesome Academies around the world who are signed up to the Bulletproof of BJJ Academy subscription. And what that does, it allows all their students to access the program. The Academy covers the cost. It's a great way for the Academy to support their members to be on the mats more and be in greater health. It's also a great way to value add as a gym owner. So if you're an Academy owner and you want information about that, we'd love to talk to you about it. Get in touch with us, info at bulletproofofbjj.com and uh, we'll tell you more. Definitely. Legends. Thanks, JT. Thanks, bro. Cheers, guys. Cheers.